0: Hallelujah. God is good. Are you all blessed today? So blessed to see you in church. Blessed to have those joining from online. God is with you wherever you are. Just make sure you are with God in your faith. Amen. I really encourage you to watch our Wednesday evening teachings on dreams and visions. These are times when We really have to believe that there is a wisdom that can come from God which is more than what media is saying, what government is saying, that God can say what heaven wants to say in our own individual lives and also for the church, the body of Christ. And one of the most common ways that God would speak to us, of course, is by the Holy Spirit in our hearts. But they often come as dreams and visions. And I tell you, You will grow in the understanding of how to hear from God. Your intimacy with God will grow. And you will also begin to be able to discern, perceive the daily things that God speaks to you in your hearts. And you'll realize that many times God has been giving you visions, even when you were praying. But you were not able to interpret it. You were not able to discern that this was from God. And therefore, we miss the blessings that God has for us. Amen. So I encourage you to come and join. And I tell you, when you begin to hope, you see, because there's a need for the Word to be released first. When you begin to value the Word and hear the Word, you begin to expect the Word to come to pass in your life. And that's how people enter into a different level in the walk with God. They begin to experience a closer walk. They begin to experience the supernatural. They begin to enter into a new phase, so to say in a relationship with God. And I tell you, that begins to add a lot of strength, a lot of value to every aspect of your Christian life. Because you need to hear from God for your children. You need to hear from God for for where you're going to go and study. You need to hear from God for the different choices that you have. And when you pray, God directs. And we have to be able to discern how God is directing. Amen? Hallelujah. So exciting. I encourage you to come for that. All right. Turn with me in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews chapter 11, I'm going to talk about hope, how we can live in the power of hope. And the more I study hope, the more I've realized that really, hope is something you cannot do without. Even as a normal human being, we always have to be hoping for good things to come into our lives. Otherwise, we just enter into depression and hopelessness. And we see in the scriptures that hope is a powerful gift from God. And you really cannot separate faith and hope because they always go together. So hope is really something that we don't choose to whenever we want to have hope. Really, it begins to lay a foundation for our entire Christian experience. In fact, many of you have been living in hope without realizing that it was hope. So we're going to look into the Word. And I'm going to be laying again the foundations of the difference between faith and hope. When I was preparing for this, the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart that I need to define the difference between faith and hope with more simplicity, with more detail for my own personal life. And I believe that as I do that, you will begin to realize the difference between faith and hope. You will begin to understand what faith is, what hope is, and how you can practice hope in your daily life. And I also felt in my heart the Holy Spirit say that many of the people are releasing faith, but they are not standing in hope continually. And that's why they're not seeing their faith realized. They're not seeing the faith come to a point of manifestation. And so it's so important to really understand how you can connect your hope to your faith. And therefore, you will begin to see your faith being realized. Your prayers being manifested. Alright, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1. Now, faith is a substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. The definition of Bible hope is a confident expectation of good things to come. A joyful, confident expectation. It's the Greek word, elpis. So faith is what you believe based on the Word of God. Faith is a conviction that comes from the Word of God. But hope, It's an expectation that comes from your faith. Hope is a belief that what you are praying for, believing for, will surely come to pass. It's a certainty. So hope is what you and I need in such times. Even this entire year, people are saying that there's going to be a lot of difficulty for free movement, for businesses, and just... Uh, the fear of the government, the fear of people in, you know, just opening up completely. So people are going through difficult times. We're being separated from one another. It's been almost a year and a half or so. Uh, We are experiencing shortages of finances, food, and so on. And even because of the isolation, we're not receiving the support from our friends, receiving the emotional support in the things that many of us are going through. In fact, My daughter was telling me that even many in the kingdom kids, their friends are sending them prayer requests, little kids, that they're going through suicidal thoughts, they're going through depression. And that should not happen to little children. I mean, little children, we want them to experience the joy of life. We want them to be happy all the time. We want them to be enjoying the life, right? It's only when we grow into adulthood and we face all the challenges of life that we feel we have a right to be depressed, (laughs) But we want little children to be really enjoying life at this stage of their life. But yet, they are going through depression. They're going through suicidal thoughts and tendencies. And that should not be. So the message that the Holy Spirit wants to release in these times to us is about hope. How we can live in hope and experience the power of that gift in our life. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me read. Verse 1 again from a couple of translations. Faith is a confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. It gives us assurance about things we cannot see. The New American Standard Bible says, Faith is the certainty of things hoped for. A proof of things not seen. So faith and hope are distinct, separated, yet connected. They're like... Um, I cannot say two sides of the same coin, but they always go together. It's like water and wet. If faith is there, hope must be there. Where hope is, it means faith is alive. Now we know hope comes from God. Hope comes from Jesus Christ. Hope comes from our belief in his resurrection. We have a living savior. Jesus is our hope. Hope comes from his promises. Now, hope is always also connected to the unseen because we do not hope for things that have already happened in the past. We're always hoping for things to come in the future, things we have not yet seen. So those are the characteristics of hope. All right? So let me talk about the difference between faith and hope. What is faith? You can write these things down. Faith is being persuaded in your heart. Faith is a conviction of the truth, having this conviction in your heart about a certain belief or about a person. In our case today, we believe in the Word. We are convicted that the Bible is the Word of God. We are persuaded that the promises in the Bible are made by God and we are convicted or persuaded that God has the ability, He has the grace and the compassion upon us to keep his promises. We are convicted that he is a faithful God and therefore we take his word as it is and we act on his word just like we did when we gave into the offering. Now that is faith. Everyone say that is faith. Hope is a joyful expectation. Some translations say anticipation with pleasure. To anticipate with delight in your heart. Based upon what you have believed. So hope springs from faith. Bible hope is not, I wish that this would happen. No. Bible hope is a certainty. Is a surety. Because it comes from faith. In fact, the Bible says, genuine hope is built on faith. Look at the first sentence again in verse one. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. That word substance in the Greek is the word hypostasis. And it means a foundation. It means a setting under. It means a support. For example, this stage gives me the support to stand in front of you and to speak. If this stage was not there. I cannot be elevated in front of you. So, this stage is faith, and my ability to stand in front of you is hope. Hope cannot exist, Bible hope cannot exist without faith because faith gives the foundation, it is the support underneath hope. Amen? So, faith is the substance of things hoped for. Hope is the earnest anticipation that what you are believing for will surely come to pass. It is a joyful anticipation based upon faith in the Word of God. For example, let's go to 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24. When we read this verse and other verses in the Bible about healing, we are convinced that healing is a blessing for the people of God. Healing is the children's bread. First Peter 2.24, the latter part says, By His stripes we were healed. So what Jesus did on the cross, the passion that He endured, the pain, the suffering, the stripes on His back, is the provision for our healing. Healing is in the redemption. Healing is in the atonement. When we see scriptures like that, and we believe in our heart that, yes, healing is for me today. What is that? That is faith. Because you have believed in the word. Now, after you believe, you decide. Now, because I have believed in the word, whenever I am sick, or let's say I am sick today, I'm going to ask the Lord for healing. So you get down on your knees and you pray, Lord, I ask for healing in my body. What is that? That is called acting on your faith. Faith must not just be mental. Faith must not be something that you just assent to, like a doctrine that you believe. You must act on your faith. So when you ask God to heal you, that is acting on your faith. Now after you have prayed, you are now expecting, you are anticipating that healing to manifest in your body. That fever to leave, that pain symptoms to disappear. You are anticipating that. That anticipation is called hope. Everyone say hope. When what you have prayed for has finally manifested in your body and you're enjoying the reality of your prayer being answered, that is called your faith being realized. That is when your eggs have hatched. But while you were sitting on the egg, waiting for it to hatch, that's called hope. When the egg was delivered... That is called faith. Amen? Hallelujah. Let's look at another verse. The same verse here, the second part. The substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. Now, hope also has to do with things that you do not see. In Romans chapter 8, verse 24, hope involves things that are unseen. The latter part says, hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? Hope that is seen is not hope. What does it mean? Hope is always expecting what you cannot see. Who hopes for what you already have? If you are married, are you hoping for another wife? No, you are not. Thankfully, you are not. Amen. Why? Because you already have. But all of you who are single, are you hoping with pleasure, anticipation? Ah, that is very important to your faith being realized. Hallelujah. So, fourth, I mean, hope always involves the unseen. It always involves the future. In the Bible, hope always talking about your future resurrection body. When Jesus comes, we'll all receive a resurrection body. So there's a hope, a confident expectation for resurrection. A confident expectation that we will have eternity with Jesus Christ. A confident expectation for the second coming. A confident expectation for the rapture. And not only for things in the afterlife, a confident expectation, First Peter 1 verse 13 says, that rest your hope fully upon the revelation Of Jesus Christ. Upon the grace that will come to you in the revelation of Jesus Christ. That means when you are sick and you are hoping, the revelation that Jesus is your healer will bring healing. So you are resting your expectation fully upon Christ. That means even your promotion, your provision, your deliverance from that addiction. All of that is hope. It's not yet here, but you are expecting it. Can you say amen? You are patiently waiting for it. I remember receiving prophecies about the Lord taking me to Asia, other parts of Asia, and parts of Africa to preach the gospel. A little bit of it has come to pass, but I believe there is more. So I am patiently and joyfully expecting that word to come to pass. I'm always looking ahead for what is not yet seen to be seen in my life. That is called hope. There's a scripture in Proverbs chapter 4 which says, The path of the righteous is like the sun that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day. The path of the righteous is like the morning sun that keeps on shining brighter and brighter, talking about Christians. That means God is telling you, if you keep on walking with God in intimacy, in closeness, in obedience, your path will just get brighter and brighter. That means your future is brighter than your present But to be able to realize that in your life, you have to have hope. You have to believe, you have to expect. So the Word of God gives you ability to have hope. So the difference is this. When you believe in God, you believe in His Word, in His promises. Hallelujah. That faith in the Word, in the promises, in the person of God is the foundation. Upon which you can have daily hope. You can daily have hope. I can daily stand here because of this stage. You can have daily hope that the things that are not yet seen in your life, God's purpose is being fulfilled. The provision for your purposes that God wants to supply. Your healing, your promotion. The things that have not yet come to pass in your life will surely come to pass you will surely see the unseen which is there in the Word of God. Why? Because your faith and your hope are working together. Hallelujah. Therefore, when you believe in the Word of God, you must be having strong hope, expectation. The area where many believers do not realize their their faith, their prayers are not manifesting, is in the lack of hope based on the Word of God. Let me again illustrate this difference between faith and hope. In the month of March, I told my children, we are going to go to Kolkata for a short three-night vacation. I gave them my word and I also showed them the printout or the email where we had bought the ticket. So my word was given and there was also something written. God also gives us his promises. I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will supply all you need according to riches and glory in Christ Jesus. We know it is God's will for us to prosper, for us to be healed because it is there written in his word. So my children believed in my words and they also received the confirmation of the printed matter, the ticket. Now that is called faith. I put my faith in his word. I put my faith in his character. That is called faith. Now something happened in their heart after they believed in me. For the next two or three days, before we actually flew from Dimapur, there was a change in the atmosphere of the heart. And it was also seen in the house. The smiles were broader. The energy level was higher. They were excited. They were enthusiastic. They were packing their clothes. They were skipping from room to room. The voice level also increased. Why? Because of faith, there was a change in their hearts. The attitude of their hearts What is that called? That's called a joyful anticipation. A joyful expectation that the word spoken will surely manifest. They will surely see it. And because of that, the atmosphere changed. The state of the heart changed. What is that? That is called hope. Genuine hope. Now you have to really think to locate yourself. Real faith. Listen to my words carefully and locate your own heart. Real faith will bring a real change in the state of your heart. And that is where many of us are missing God. Real faith in God will bring a real change in the state of your heart. When I told my kids we're going to call we're going to go to Kolkata, they were not depressed, discouraged. Oh, I feel so bored, mopping around the house. No. Everything changed. Like I said, the smiles got brighter. They were happier. They were jumping from room to room. What? There was a real change in the state of the heart because they believed in my word. How many of you, when you read the Bible, it changes the state of your heart, or it doesn't change anything? Ah. Amen. Look at Romans chapter 15 verse 13. Romans 15 verse 13. This is a very, very simple message but I tell you this is so important for you. Romans 15 verse 13. Now may the God of hope, He's not only the God of our salvation, He's also the God of our hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So even the hope that arises in your heart is by the Holy Spirit. Look at this verse properly. In believing, the Bible says, in believing the Word of God, in believing your Father's promises, God will fill you with joy and peace. There will be a change in your heart. There will be a change in your attitude. God will fill you with joy and peace and that joy and peace is called the abounding of hope. Because hope is a joyful anticipation of good things to come. It is not a passive, ah, Indian railways. No, that's not what hope is. Hope is a joyful anticipation. That means in believing, your heart will be full of joy and peace. Hallelujah. Real faith. That means if you are really believing, it must really change the state of your heart. But if the state of your heart has not been affected, it could mean that you do not have real faith. Faith and hope are complementary. Faith is believing what God says in His Word. It is coming into agreement. But hope is the anticipation of what you have believed. Every promise that God has given, every prophetic word He has spoken to you, maybe through people or in your personal walk with Him, it has power in it. It is filled with dunamis. It is filled with life that when you believe in that Word, it can change your life. It can change your circumstance when you believe in that Word. Amen? That is what faith is. It is believing everything that God says. That's faith. Now, hope is a result of your believing. When you have believed everything that God says, and because you have believed with all your heart, now you are excited that God will supply all my needs according to riches in glory by Christ Jesus. You are excited. That in all areas, he wants me to prosper even as my soul prospers. You are excited. I'm more than a conqueror. You're excited. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus. And it causes you to smile. It causes you to be happy. It causes you to rejoice daily. I say daily. Not just in church. And now your heart is filled with this anticipation. No matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens in society, no matter what news you hear, you are filled with a joyful anticipation of that belief coming to pass in your life. That is called hope. Faith comes from hearing the Word of God, right? Hope also comes from hearing the Word of God. What are you hearing? Hallelujah. I've observed that many believers come to church. Heavy burdened with cares and worries. Either for prayer requests, for prayer in the office, or here in the meetings. We teach them faith, we tell them to believe, and we pray for them. And they also pray with all their heart. But after prayer, I noticed that many of them, they go back, still worried. Still burdened. No change in the heart. No joy yet. No peace. In fact, they come complaining, they go back complaining. They come grumbling, they go back grumbling. They come skeptical just to receive prayer. They go back skeptical. Thinking and hoping that somehow there is some magic here. Most most Christians think that. There's some magic in this place that if they just come and receive prayer from Pastor Sean, they'll get healed. So we rely a lot on spiritual exercises, spiritual circuses, rather than really believing in the Word of God. See, we encourage them to believe we prayed for them, but there was no change in the state of their heart. There was no change on the inside. Despite all the loud prayers, sometimes a lot of praise the Lord, and sometimes a lot of crying, but no change in the state of the heart. A lack of hope after a prayer of faith. Listen to me carefully. A lack of hope. That means a lack of expectation. After a prayer of faith, it means this. That your faith was not genuine. Your faith was not genuine. You did not really believe the word. You relied more on the spiritual exercise. We are so religious. Oh, we bang our hearts. Oh, we pray and cry. We say, oh, hallelujah, praise the Lord. But there was no faith. Why? There was no joyful anticipation after you pray. And that is where your faith is not being realized. That's where you are not seeing the manifestation of what you are believing for. If there is no hope after a prayer of faith, secondly, it means that there is a need to teach on how to expect after you have believed. And I believe that's what I'm doing today. Let me illustrate from my own personal life. When I was in Bible school, a certain group of friends, we decided to help another friend who wanted to propose to his girlfriend, but he did not have the money to buy an engagement ring. So a group of us said, let's contribute and help him to buy an engagement ring for his hope to be realized. (laughs) So I pledged $100. I did not have the money to spare. We were living on a very tight budget. But I pledged $100 and I said, I'm going to believe God for it. So I decided I'm going to use my faith because I'm in a faith school. They're teaching us about faith. This is the best opportunity to practice the principles of faith. So I went to my notes and see how I could practice faith to believe God for this hundred dollars. See, whatever you are hearing, it must come to reality in your life. Otherwise, it's just textbook knowledge. So go to Mark 11, verse 24. The Bible says, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So I decided to do that. I went to my notes. Number one, is this God's will? Yes, it's God because He wants to supply me according to His riches in glory. God will supply my needs. Amen? So I knew that it was the will of God. Not only am I asking for myself, I'm asking for someone. So I believed in the Word. It is His will for me to be able to have so that I can be a blessing to someone. God will give all grace towards me so that I abound in all grace, having sufficient for good works. Amen. Number two, I took the principles of faith. The Bible says, ask and you shall receive. So I just asked in faith, simple prayer of faith, according to Mark eleven twenty four. 24, whatever things you ask for when you pray, Lord, I ask that you supply me this hundred dollars in the name of Jesus. The third point was this. Believe you have received when you pray. Not when the money comes. Believe you receive when you pray. Now when I prayed, there was no $100 in front of me. That There was no knock on the door with an angel coming with a $100 note to give to me. Nothing. That means I could not see anything with my eyes. But the Bible says, believe when you pray. Believe you receive when you pray. So the fourth point was, Father, I believe I received the $100 right now in Jesus' name. And I opened my eyes. Did I have the $100? No. But did I have it? Yes. Where? Here. I possessed it in my heart. Now, when somebody gives you 500 rupees and you take it in your hands, what is the polite thing to do? Thank you. Thank you very much. Now, when you have prayed and asked God and you have believed, you have received it, you have taken by faith, what is the polite thing to do or to say to God? Thank you. So that's what we were taught. As an expression of my faith, I now began to lift up my hands and say, Thank you, Lord for the $100. Thank you, Lord, for the $100. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the $100. I thank you, Lord. I praise you. You are faithful. You supply all my needs in Jesus' name. Did I have the money in my hands? No. Did I believe? Yes. And I went to sleep. Going through the principles of faith, as we were taught, it was easy. Praying, it was easy. But the next morning when I got up, And there was no immediate manifestation. And when I went to the school, I was struggled with doubt. On one hand, I was believing in God and trusting. But on the other hand, I was flopping on the other side. Doubts began to assail my mind. Why isn't it working? Why is it taking so much time? Is it really going to work for me? So I began to doubt. But on the other hand, I was also believing. Why is nothing happening? The whole day passed and nothing happened. I went back to the apartment discouraged. The next day, the same thing. I was believing according to the word. I had gone through the principles but nothing was happening. So during the day, I would thank God but there were times when I would thank God that in my heart there was this discouragement. Every time I thought about the hundred dollars, there was this worry. There was this fear. But then I am in Bible school. I have to make sure I'm standing by the principles of the word. So I made sure that I was thanking God. But every time I thought about $100, there was this little worry and fear that it might not happen for me. The third day, the same. But the fourth day, I was so discouraged. And the enemy started putting thoughts in my mind. I think these kind of miracles don't happen for me. It happens only for people. All those thoughts. My faith is not strong enough. I don't think this is going to work. And I was almost at a point of giving up. Now I want you to turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. Look at verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil that is His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. See, the author is making an argument about hope based on grace. Having boldness to enter because of the blood of Jesus. By a new and living way, which Jesus consecrated for us by his death, his flesh. Not only that, not only his sacrifice, not only his, his atonement for us. But today we have a high priest, Jesus Christ, representing us before the Father. Let us come with full assurance of faith. Having our hearts, our conscience sprinkled with the blood of Jesus. That means that there be nothing in your conscience that makes you down. And then verse 23. Let us hold fast the confession of our expectation. Wherever you see the word hope, put it, is expectation. Without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. See, I realized, looking back to my experience in Bible school, that I was not holding fast to the confession of my hope. There were times I would hold fast and there were times I would let go. I would hold fast again and I would let go. The word hold fast means to keep on holding. It means to retain. It means to seize. It is something active that we must be doing. I once took a bus trip from Gangtok all the way to Darjeeling, about five hours. Wind, you know, winding mountainous roads and there was no seat on the bus so i took the only place that was available the steps hanging outside the bus with my hand holding on to the window that was the only place available and said you can take that if you want i said i'll take that for 5 hours i was holding fast holding fast that's what the word hold fast means hold fast to what the confession of your hope, what you must be saying based out of your expectation. Why? For He who promised is faithful and we need to hold fast without wavering. If I let go on that journey, I would have been on the Tista River. I mean, I realized when I prayed, I was in faith. But because there was time period between my prayer and the manifestation I began to doubt. See, it's natural for Christians that when you pray immediately and there's an immediate answer, oh, praise the Lord. But when there is a delay, we often let go of our faith. We think that God has not heard our prayers. So I was holding fast, but I was also wavering. I would let go and get into doubt and worry and listen to all the other thoughts of unbelief. That the enemy would bring. And then I would just remind myself about faith again. And hold fast to the word. And then I would let go again. I was not holding fast to the hope of my confession. So the second week I decided I'm going to practice this. With greater seriousness. With greater enthusiasm. So I decided in the second week. That I was going to keep on speaking what I believe. My hope. My expectation. Another mistake I made in my faith was that after I prayed, you know, the Bible says God is your source. God will supply all your needs. That means God is your source. Amen. That means don't look to people to be your source. Look to God as your source. The mistake that I made was this. I prayed, I asked God, and then I was expecting from people. I thought, hey, maybe this person. Hey, maybe that person. Maybe it'll come this way. And when all the different ways that I was expecting did not realize, I got discouraged. Because I was not expecting from God, I was expecting from people. So the second week, I decided I'm going to, with greater enthusiasm and joy, practice holding fast to the hope of my confession. So the second week, when I would be in my classroom, when I would be walking in the Bible school, every time I thought about that $100, I would lift up a thanksgiving to the Lord. But this time, I lifted up my thanksgiving with a smile on my face and with joy in my heart. I decided I'm going to just be happy. Why? Because hope is anticipating with pleasure. See, every time you think about what you have prayed for, but in your heart there's no pleasure, but more worry and fear and anxiety, there's no hope. So the Lord taught me that after you have prayed, when you begin to think about your answer, God's answer to you, when you begin to think about what you have prayed for, there must be this anticipation with pleasure in your heart. There must be this joy, this delight every time you think about it. So every time I thought about $100, I lifted up a prayer of thanksgiving. Thank you, Lord, for the $100. And I did so with a smile. I just decided to get happy about the answer even before the answer came. So every time I thought about it, I would be happy about it. I would get joyful about it. I just trained my emotions to get joyful about the money that is coming. And I realized that suddenly there was this change in the state of my heart. My heart began to abound. The word abound in Romans 15 verse 13 is the word perisuo, which means super flowing. and abundance, and overflowing, that's what it means. My heart began to abound with hope, with joy, with anticipation. Now there was a real joy. Every time I thought about $100, instead of worry and anxiety, and maybe it will not happen and I will be a failure, I just removed those thoughts and there was this joy, there was this anticipation, there was this excitement. That even though the money was not yet here, I knew it would come because He is faithful. And this time, I decided to just forget about how long it will take. One day, two days, three days. I just decided I will not worry about the time. I'm just going to focus on being excited about this promise, this prayer that I prayed coming to pass in my life. So every time I thought about $100, there was this excitement. There was a bubbling of joy. What was happening? There was this abounding of joy that has come because of believing in the Word. Abounding of hope. I remember in the second week, one day as I was walking to my car in the parking lot, I just passed by this acquaintance. We just exchanged some pleasantries and I just entered my car. Suddenly, I saw him turn around. He opened his wallet and he gave me $200 and said, I don't know, something just spoke to my heart right now to give you this money. I said, thank you very much. But on the inside, I was really dancing and jumping because I knew the word works. It was not about the money. I was excited because wait a minute, the word does work. Hallelujah. God is faithful to his word. I realized then how important hope is to faith. How important it is to connect Your hope, your expectation to your faith. Because I had faith, but I was not expecting. And because I was not expecting, there was no vigor to my faith. There was no life to my faith. Let me explain the difference again. Faith is being grounded in the reality of the word. Believing the word. Hope is looking to the manifestation of what you have believed. Without faith, there is no hope. Faith is a substance of things hoped for. Amen. See, without faith, hope is only a wish. However, a lack of hope reveals that there is no genuine faith. This is very powerful. Listen to me. A lack of hope reveals that there is no genuine faith. See, without hope, your faith is not certain. But without hope, your faith is not alive. Without faith, your hope is not certain. If you don't have faith in the Word, there is no certainty to your hope. However, without hope, your faith is not alive. Your faith is not The proof of genuine faith is this joyful hope. The proof that you have faith in the Word, the proof that you have believed your Heavenly Father, the proof that you are believing the Word of God is this. Your heart is filled with this joyful expectation, this anticipation. How many of you are filled with this joyful anticipation of revival? You're like, ah, revival again. Keep on using the word revival. What does it mean? It means you're not in faith. Hallelujah. Hope is to anticipate with delight. And your hope, your active hope, the state of your heart that is full of joy and peace and excitement and enthusiasm. See, when you have hope, You will get out of your bed with excitement. When you have hope, you will engage the new week with enthusiasm. When you have hope, you will come to church expecting something will take place. But many times we just drag ourselves to church. Look at Romans chapter 4. Let's look at the example of Abraham. Romans 4 verse 13. For the promise that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So God promised Abraham that he would be the father of many nations. That's the promise that he would be the heir of the world. This promise was made by grace to Abraham and Abraham believed in it. Look at verse 17 now. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. You can see this in Genesis chapter 17. When God comes to Abraham, when he's 99 years old and tells him, No longer is your name Abraham, from today your name is Abraham. For I have made you a father of many nations. Now the Bible says that when God told Abraham that you will be Abraham and you will have a son called Isaac, Abraham laughed and he said, am I going to experience pleasure even at his old age? So obviously, he was not in faith in the beginning. But somewhere along the way, he believed Because verse 7, tells us, in the presence of him whom he believed. So God gave him the promise, Abraham believed. Abraham believed in God. God, who gives life to the dead, calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And that's how he releases hope into our hearts. Look at verse 18. Who, contrary to hope, in hope believed. In the King James it says, who against hope in hope believed. Who against hope in hope believed, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. According to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be. What does it mean against hope in hope believed? We must understand this. Against hope in hope believed. Abraham had believed in the promise. The promise is supposed to release hope. Now, there are two kinds of hope. There is a hope that comes from your fleshly circumstances, your natural circumstances. For example, your age. When you are young, 15, 16, 20, do you have hope? Yes. Younger people are usually more hopeful than older people. Older people are always talking about, oh, those days, it was so much fun. When we were young, we used to they're always looking back to the past. No matter how old you are, never look back to your past. 70, 80, you should be looking to when you are going to be 100 years old and where you're going to travel and what you're going to do. But you see, because of all age and weakness and because of so many years we've experienced, we tend to look to the past. Younger people are more hopeful. So your age naturally gives you hope or takes away hope from you Depending on which end of the century you are at. Abraham here was 99 years old. So that means in the natural, there was no hope for Abraham. 99 years old. He himself said, will I have pleasure? Will I be able to bring a son when I'm 99 years old? So naturally, according to age, Abraham had no hope. And that's why he laughed. See, naturally, even your past and your background gives you hope. Naturally, if you have finished your BA and then you do your masters and you do your super masters, your PhD, you have more hope than someone who has just passed class 10. Yes or no? Yes, naturally, people having more education have more hope. People from a better background, family background, have more hope naturally. But in Abraham's case, his whole life, he has tried to have a baby and he could not. His past, his background gave him no hope. Hallelujah. What about his circumstances? Naturally. In the natural. When the economy is doing well. When the government is filled with finances. Funds from the center. There is more hope. In the society. Right? But when the economy is not doing well. Hope also dies. During the pandemic, people have lost hope. Why? Because the circumstance. Businesses are shut. Business is not doing well. Economy is doing very bad. Hope has died. So even the circumstances of life can give you hope or take away hope, but that's only natural hope. In Abraham's case, even his own wife, the Bible says the deadness of Sarah's womb, 90 years old, His own circumstances gave him no hope. But you see here, against hope, in hope he believed. There was nothing in the natural that gave him hope. So even natural hope was against Abraham. But the moment he believed in the Word of God. See, there is something powerful about believing in God alone, in His Word alone. It lifts you beyond your natural belief, your natural hope, and it gives a supernatural, powerful hope within you. That is what Abraham experienced. Against all natural hope, Abraham hoped. Are you seeing it? Against all natural hope, there is no hope for this guy. That's why we say sometimes, oh, hopeless fellow, no hope for him. Against all natural hope, he hoped in God because he believed in the promise of God. That is where God wants you to stand today. Against all natural hope, education, background, circumstances, economy, Media, whatever they are saying. Against all natural hope. When everything in the natural is against you, you can still have hope. And that hope will come when you believe in God and His promises alone. So Abraham believed in God. But he had to keep on believing. That means... He had to have expectation for an entire year. He believed when God said, of course, Sarah conceived. But they had to wait an entire year till the promise came to pass. So for that nine months or for that entire year, Abraham is practicing hope. Abraham is practicing hope. He's saying about himself, And to others, I am Abraham. I am Abraham. I am the father of many nations. I am the father of many nations. I have no son yet, but I am the father of many nations. I am childless, but I am the father of many nations. He had to practice hope. He had to keep on confessing his hope, his expectation. He had to keep on hoping. Before Isaac came to pass. This is what you need to be doing in your own personal life. See, faith is like getting pregnant. Hope is the part where you are expecting after the pregnancy. Now, after a couple has gotten pregnant, the couple, the woman in the marriage has gotten pregnant, is the couple trying to get pregnant again? Do they have to keep on trying? Once the lady is pregnant, do they have to keep on trying to get pregnant? No. No. See, faith is like that. When you hear the word of God, the promises of God, and you take that word and you bring it to your heart and you believe that divine seed, the Bible says, this is a seed of God. The seed of God's word. Some translations even say the sperma of God. Divine life is in His word. When you believe in the word, it conceives in your heart your spiritual womb and now you are pregnant with faith now when you are pregnant with a certain faith either for finances either for healing for an area that you see in the world and you believe in it you are pregnant with faith once you are pregnant you don't have to try to get pregnant again now you have to grow your faith So once a couple is pregnant, now they're not trying to get pregnant. Now they're getting ready for the baby to come. So now they're expecting. Even though the bump is not there, people can't tell that they're pregnant. They begin to expect. That means everything in their life now begins to get rearranged because they're expecting. The visits to the doctors. Changing the diet. Vitamins. The husband is becoming more careful. Now they are thinking about a room for the baby. They start planning furniture, colors, clothes, names. The husband and wife, in the conversation, they are talking about the baby. What are we going to name it? Is it going to be a boy? Is it going to be a girl? They are imagining how they are going to play with that baby. In the conversation, no more do they talk about having no baby. A life without a baby. Their conversation is all about that baby. They plan the color, the clothes, everything. The name. Even start thinking about which school they're going to send the children to. And the baby is not yet here. But yet they're living their lives as if the baby is already there. They're anticipating with pleasure. Hallelujah. And as the date approaches, as the baby bump grows bigger and bigger, the anticipation goes higher and higher. Till of course, on the day, the baby is delivered and finally they're able to hold the blessing in their hands. But let me ask you this. Even before the baby was born, it was as if the baby was already there. In the thoughts, in the conversation, in the imagination, the attitude. They were always focused on that baby being realized and manifested in their hands. The period between when the couple got pregnant and the baby is finally delivered, that period is called hope. That period is called your confident expectation that arises from your faith. Hallelujah. Faith is like getting pregnant. Hope is expecting that pregnancy to finally be delivered. Without doubt. See, when you believe in healing and you have received the word of God for healing, By His stripes, we are healed. Faith is conceived in your heart. You ask God for healing. You have exercised your faith. But immediately after you pray, your symptoms are still there. What do you need to do? You need to expect. Expect joyfully. Expect with delight. Expect how? Your words need to change. Your attitude needs to change. After you pray for healing, you don't talk sickness anymore. I mean, the couple is not talking about, oh, we have no baby. Oh, what are we going to do? We have no children. We've been praying for so many years. No, The moment the couple is pregnant, they don't talk anymore about being childless. All your conversation is about, we are expecting this child. What name are we going to give it? What? The confession of the hope. The moment you pray for healing, the moment you pray for provision, the moment you pray for a specific area in your life, after you pray, your words must change. Your attitude must change. Your expectation must change. If there's no change in the state of your heart, you have prayed, but it was just a religious prayer and you went out the same way, expecting the worst, worried, full of anger, full of complaining, full of grumbling within, it means... That you are not really in hope. If you are not in hope, it means that your faith was not genuine. The period between when you prayed, whatever things you ask for when you pray. Believe that you receive. So I believe I have received. And then you will have it. Sometimes that part, and then you will have it. There's a time period. That time period is where your expectation is very important. Your expectation can accelerate the result or it can delay the result. After I learned this, I always check myself. When I pray for a new car, when I pray even for the funds for this church to be built, when you pray for things, are we an expectation? If I'm not an expectation, I need to check myself and wait a minute, do I really have faith? Genuine faith will always produce powerful hope. The powerful hope that is birthed in your heart, you must keep on confessing, you must keep on speaking. That is how your faith will finally come to manifestation. Hallelujah! Let me ask you this question. What are you expecting in your personal life? What are the things you are hoping for? Hoping for means with confidence, with joy. that will tell you whether you are believing in the promises of God or whether we have believed in the bad news that the world has given to us. If you are believing in the promises of God, your heart must be full of joy and peace, joyful anticipation with delight. It's a daily thing. See, of all people on the face of the earth, I believe Christians should be the most hopeful. If the church has no hope, the church is not worshipping the living God, the true God. If we serve a king, who is a king of all kings, all-powerful, almighty, all-compassionate and merciful. With thousands of promises, with a track record that He has never failed anyone who has placed His trust on Him. With millions of testimonies that we can look to how He was faithful to what He has promised. What does it mean? It means of all people on the planet today, you, should be the most hopeful, irrespective of your age, your education, your background, your past, you should be the most hopeful. And if you are not, you have looked to other things other than God and His Word. You're putting your hope in your age, your education, your tribe, family background, your family wealth, or the lack of wealth, so now you have no hope. I'm telling you the truth. The example for our faith is Abraham. Abraham, against all natural hope, in hope he believed. Of all people on the face of the earth, Christians, Christians, when we have nothing in the natural to hope for, should still be the most hopeful. Hallelujah. So Sometimes people go into depression. It's just a sign of a lack of faith. A lack of believing the word of God. Sometimes they don't want to go through self-pity. They just want everyone to pity them. To give sympathy to them. Sometimes when I was young, I used to wish I was sick. Because when I was sick, people would come and visit me. And I would feel happy. Many Christians are in the state where they don't want to grow up. And believe in God for themselves. So they want others to come around them and just give them moral support. But they're never going to grow and mature on your own unless you believe in the Word for yourself. Believe in God for yourself. I'm telling you the truth. Christians should be the most hopeful. Church should be the happiest place on the earth. Amen. The most hopeful people should be Christians. And we can be. And God wants us to be. Why? Because we have a living hope based on the resurrection of Jesus. We have a Savior who loves us. All the privileges of heaven are available for us in His name. We have His grace. We are forgiven of all our sins. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God is not condemning us. God is not against us. He is for us. That means even in the midst of the pandemic. And yes, people are dying. We are aware of that. Yes, people are getting sick. Yes, the economy is under lockdown. Yet, despite all natural circumstances, we should get up in the morning, raise up our hands and say, Hallelujah, Father, I thank you. Good things are happening to me. Glory to God. I'm a prisoner of hope. You're restoring double restoration to my life. Hallelujah, Father, I thank you. Why? Hope is getting excited about things you do not see. But many of us get excited only when we see the new car. When we see the new house, when we see the new clothes, you get excited. No, get excited about things you do not see because it is real in the word. All of you single men and women, get excited. I'm telling you the truth. Get excited because your spouse is somewhere on this planet. God's not going to make him immediately. He's somewhere living on this planet. Could be in Africa. I don't know. But he's somewhere there. Your spouse is somewhere on this planet. Hallelujah. And God doesn't want you around, you know, roaming around, mopping, complaining, rumbling, discouraged, hopeless. No, you need to have hope. A joyful anticipation that every promise will come to pass. Hallelujah. See, no matter what happens on the outside, here, here, there must be this joyful delight every day because my father has said he's going to take you to Kolkata. Your father has said he's going to take you to your promised land. Your father told you, your father promised you that Lord, hallelujah, he has blessed you With every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Amen. Your father has told you that his will is for you to prosper in all areas of your life. Your father told you that the plans that he has for you are not for evil. But to give you a future and to give you a hope. Hallelujah. Your father told you. So if you believed your father, should you get more sad, more frustrated, more cynical, more discouraged? That's what some Christians tend to do. No, genuine faith in the word. Take the word of God as if it is spoken just to you. Take the word of God as if it is real. It is not a textbook. It's not a history book. It's not a novel. It is not a newspaper that you read without any emotions. When you read it, it must change the state of your heart and must fill you with hope. And you want to be like, my father said he's for me. He's not against me. Nothing can separate me from his love. Glory to God. You wake up with joy. No matter what problems are in your life, what trials you're going through, there's always a skip in your step. There's a joyful bounce to you every day. Why? Because you have hope. You have expectation which has come from your faith. That hope, that joyful expectation is the sign that your faith is active, is alive. And because of that, What you do not see will come to pass. Because faith is the evidence of things not seen. The double restoration you do not see will surely be seen. The promotion that you do not see will surely be seen. The healing that you do not see will surely be seen. Your your spouse that you do not see yet will surely be seen based on what you are expecting daily because you have believed in the Father that promised to you. Hallelujah. Hope is critical to faith being realized. Hope is critical to your faith manifesting. After you have prayed, after you have believed and received, you need to practice hope. You need to sit on your egg till it is hatched. Hallelujah. Your
1: feet. If you have been blessed through this podcast, we invite you to partner with us in sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ from Nagaland to the nations. We make all our series available for free, but it does cost us time, effort, and money to do it. So the support of people such as you would enable us to reach more people in more regions. Remember, when you give, the word of God says in 2 Corinthians 9 8, that God is able to make all grace abound towards you. That you, always having all sufficiency, all things, may have an abundance of every good work. If you would like to support our media ministry on a monthly basis or through a one-time gift, kindly write to us at faithharvestnagaland@gmail.com at gmail.com and visit our website www.faithharvest.in, and you can go to the giving section. You can also give through this UPI ID 7005684533 at Paytm. God bless you and thank you so much for your generosity.